This is a show for grown-ups. And they say bad words. And they say bad words. Say final warning. Final warning. Welcome to the Pot of Blunders. I am your host, Nate Magnuski, and with me, as always, is my co-host, Richard Sullivan. How are you? I mean, me or the audience? Well, whoever. How am I? Nobody asked me. So is who are you, and never how are you. Sometimes it's why are you in my living room, but not often. Speaking of living rooms, Richard, what are we doing tonight? We're playing the Tabula Initiative, which, from what I can gather, it's a born identity game? Essentially, yeah, it's a, a super spy has escaped his government agency and they want to get their asset back. That's my understanding of this whole thing. Now, now I'm a huge Matt Dillon fan, but I've never seen The Born Identity. How about Matt Damon? Are you a fan of him too? Oh, he's, he's pretty good too. But Matt Dillon is the one that does it for you. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Who the fuck is Matt Dillon? <laughs> From There's Something About Mary and Rumblefish. Oh, I didn't even know he was in The Born Identity. It's amazing. He's not. That's why I haven't seen it. <laughs> if Matt Dillon was in it, I would have seen it. <laughs> oh, all right. Checks out. Well, I have seen parts of the first one on TV, so just saying, pretty much the expert between the two of us, which is terrifying. But I read this game. I wrote a review of it earlier this week. It's on that blog right now, com, And I loved it. It's super simple. It's four pages which is kind of our bread and butter for these little quick duet games. And it was really well thought out and designed. So I said, you know what? This is the perfect game for the two of us chuckle fucks to play through. And so we will. Let's do it. Your character is waking up and you hear the sound of, are you like getting Foley work for the yawn? I'm I'm just getting in the the mindset. I didn't want to yawn over you. Well, instead, the audience probably heard like, "Uh, uh, uh," in the background. No, I just... This is my process. Don't interrupt it. No, he's a method. He's a method role player. That's what I like about Richard, you know? It's fucked up when he plays Cthulhu and goes insane and starts murdering people, but you got to trust the process. He's the Daniel Day-Lewis of podcasting. So I'm the Matt Dillon of podcasting. Oh, you're right. I'm so sorry. Your character's waking up. You're lying on something soft, which is unfamiliar to you, and there's a sound of seabirds in the background and gently crashing waves. <laughs> And that's my transition to read the intro fiction that they provide in the game that starts character creation, you see. You feel ten kinds of sore, but also strangely calm and content. Blank, almost. You're vaguely bothered by the sense that you're forgetting something. What don't you know that you should? Your name, you suppose. And your past. Those are things one usually remembers, right? But your head throbs as you try to bring them to mind. A touch uneasy... You get up from the couch you're lying on and shift your attention to your surroundings. You're in like a beach bungalow. Modest, but comfortable. You don't recognize it, but then again, you don't recognize anything. You catch a glimpse of a person staring at you through a window, and then you realize it's a mirror, and that person is you. You study yourself for a moment. What sort of person do you see? So tell us your gender, your age, build, and clothing. Just a... 35-year-old white dude. (laughs) Daring today, aren't we? (laughs) I'm really stretching the imagination. (laughs) You really are a method actor. (laughs) What do you look like? What's your builds? Like, what are you wearing? I'm in boxer shorts and a wife beater. Can't say that. It's 2021. Fine. I'm in long johns and a wife beater. Perfect. Thank you. How can you tell either through obvious clues or subtle things, that you are a person used to a life of action and maybe even violence. I imagine I probably have a black eye, some bruised ribs, probably some skin missing off my knuckles, a headache, I can't figure out why. The headache might be able to be explained by the cut there and the fresh stitches that it looks like they've been hastily done but by a, a practiced hand. But with maybe fishing line instead of actual stitch material, but whoever did it did a good job. And you hear a small voice say, I thought you'd never get up. And you turn and see a stranger. It's a 
65-year-old woman, and she kind of smiles at you, but she stands back. She's kind of apprehensive. She says, are you feeling okay? Mrs. Robinson? <laughs> uh, no. <laughs> My name is uh, Magdalena. You can call me Mrs. Ortega, but you can just call me Maggie. That's what everyone else does. How's that head? I mean, how's everything? You look like you've seen some stuff. It looks like I have, but I, I couldn't tell you why. What happened? I found you washed up on the beach, and I was about to call the hospital, but you smacked my phone out of my hand and said no. You, you seemed so afraid, I, I decided to trust that you knew what you were talking about, and I did my best to drag you up here and clean you up. That was two days ago. And where is here? You're in Key West, Florida. Don't you know anything? No, and where are my pants? Well, everything was covered in sand, and I wasn't going to have you sleeping on my couch in sandy clothes, so I took most of the stuff off of you, and I washed it. She walks over gingerly, very cautiously, because she's as sweet as she is, as, as kind as she is. She doesn't know who the hell you are. And she gives you all your clothes back. It's uh, like really high-end athletic gear. Everything is in black and gray. Beyond that, there's really no like labels on it. I'm assuming that I have a wallet in these pants? No. No wallet, money, identification, nothing. She said, the only thing that you had besides what you have on you, or had on you, uh, was that duffel bag. And she kind of scoots it over to you with her foot. She goes, I didn't touch it. It's heavy, and it seemed like you've had enough trouble without a snoop going through your stuff. Well, let's, let's take a look at this duffel bag. All right. Are you opening it in front of her? Or are you? I mean, at this point, she's stripped me from the beach, so she's already seen everything. It's true. She's seen so, everything. I'll show her a little more. <laughs> so the duffel bag is, you know, your typical the gym bag. And inside is about 40 passports, about $1,500 and different denominations uh, and different currencies. A gun with two full clips and a cheap little phone, little flip phone. They call those burner phones in the, in the Yeah, industry. I don't want to say that. It seemed like it was too obvious. Yeah, you've seen burn notice. It's just a burn notice type thing. My name is Michael Weston. When you're a spy, you don't have time to take breaks between your sentences. <laughs> exactly. Well, this is now a burn notice RPG, so let's just harness that yes. energy, harness that emotion. And I'm going to go to the fridge and get some yogurt. I'll be right back. <laughs> I bet all the dozens of burn notice fans at home were like just yucking it up at that one. I don't know because I've never seen this show, but I bet it was a good reference. It's one of the few things I've seen that doesn't have Matt Dillon. So the woman, Maggie, says, if you need to, uh, there's a shower down the hall and there's a bathroom as well. I, I can cook some food for you. You must be hungry. But it would appear, Maggie, that I'm already clean. I smell already of Irish Spring. Did you bathe me while I was asleep? I mean, that's really weird. Uh, I was a nurse for years and years. I tossed you into the tub and I kind of hosed you down. I wouldn't call it washing, but again, I'm not getting sand and shit all over my couch. It's a nice couch. Why don't I cook you some breakfast after you've been so nice to me? What? <laughs> you've been asleep for like at least two days. I think you should rest. I'll make you a sandwich. Just... Relax. And she goes to busy herself in the kitchen. What do you do? I think I, I'm exploring the bag. Because, again, I don't know that I'm like a super badass Matt right. Damon type, right? That's true. Or Matt Dillon. I think I'm going through the bag. I think I'm, like, hesitant to touch the gun. Like, oh, gun. But, like, all of a sudden, like, I know how to, like, dismantle it and, like, do cool gun tricks with it. Yeah. Like, Why check the you... ammunition. I like that. Why don't you roll for that to see... How that goes. Let's do our right. first roll. So this entire game is built around it's a powered by the apocalypse game, but there's just one roll. It's two D six plus programming. And programming shows how close Rich's character is to going back and becoming an asset of the Tabula initiative again. I keep almost saying the Tabuli initiative, which is a way cooler initiative. Well that's like what you have in like a like a salad, right? Tabuli, yeah. Tabula, no, is like you ever hear the phrase Tabula Rasa? It means a blank slate. Yeah. So this is the Tabula initiative is because they blank you out, I guess. You know, who wrote this? That's cute. Cloven Pine Games. They're an excellent little game company, and I think they're fantastic stuff. So I rolled a three. Is that That's not good, right? <laughs> You're trash, kid. <laughs> <laughs> On your 2d6, you rolled a three for the first roll of the game. That's not the best. Two and a one. Do. Yeah. It's, I'm, <laughs> I'm using an online roller. I don't have 2d6 right now for whatever reason. <laughs> you black out. As soon as a gun is in your hand, the familiar weight just completely puts you back. And you're picturing yourself now kneeling on uh, uncooked, like dried peas 
you're kneeling on that on a concrete floor and reassembling and disassembling this gun over and over and over and over again. And meanwhile, there's people in the background. You realize you're in a room full of people, at least 30 people doing the same thing. And these people are walking by, uh, screaming at you in different languages, smacking you with sticks, kicking you in the ribs, unless you go faster and faster and faster. That's going to increase your programming to one. So when my programming reaches one, food prepared by anyone but Tabula staff has no taste. So as you're digging through the bag, you start to handle the passports, and you realize that as you open them, maybe you assume that they're all going to be your passport, and they're not. None of them are you. These are all children between the ages of 13 and 18. And again, there's like 30 to 40 of them in here. All different kids. All American. So I'm a serial killer, and this is my trophy bag? Who knows? How would I know? I just wrote this little part of this adventure to see what would happen. All right, so at this point, Maggie comes back with a plate and some chips on it, and she gives you the sandwich. She says, here you go. Um, so is someone I can call for you? You can stay here for another night or so, but I can't take on a border right now. Don't worry. I know who I'm going to call, and I'm going to eat the sandwich and flip open my burner phone. So you take a bite of the sandwich, and it tastes like nothing at all. Because I'm a one, you see. Because you have COVID. Sorry, I didn't I didn't want you to find out this way. <laughs> so who's on the other end of this burner phone? I gotta know. It rings a couple times, and you hear a young man's voice. It says, hello? Who is this? I don't know. I was hoping you could tell me. Okay. The sun is high in the sky. But the moon is always lurking. Are you okay? I don't know. I You're just... Vo- I just thought that was like the way to complete it. That was it was wrong. Why don't you roll programming? <laughs> Ten. <laughs> so you get to add, uh, let's see, what spy code, like verbal spy code, to one of your repertoire moves. So, so from now on, whenever Richard has to do cool spy language, he just can do that automatically. So that's not a part of your repertoire. So you hear a pause and two clicks on the line, and you hear. Uh, an older man, I say, acknowledged. What can I do for you, Agent? Agent? Uh, I don't. I don't understand. I, I just woke up naked in a cougar's uh, bungalow with a. Excuse me. <laughs> you heard a baby. Uh, now make me another sandwich. Oh, now, God. <laughs> I woke up in with a, a duffel bag full of passports, a bunch of cash, and some guns that I'm inexplicably great with. What is going on? Okay, listen. I think you should stay put because the mission that you were on has not gone to plan. We're going to send a team to come pick you up. Don't resist them. So, Nate, you know me. And anytime we've played a game, if somebody says stay where you are and trust the process, (laughs) I would immediately hang up and get the fuck out of Dodge. Yeah, that makes sense. So, I immediately hang up. (laughs) <laughs> and get the fuck out of Dodge. All right, so where are you going? I'm assuming you get dressed and put on your high-end athletic gear. <laughs> I take my sandwich for the road. I'm going to regret this, but I think I'm just going to go out the front door and down to... Is it an apartment building? No, it's a little beach bungalow, like oh. a single-story house on the beach. I'm going to go right out the front door. You go on the front stupid. door, there's a row of uh, houses behind some beach grass. There's a row of cars behind that, and you see the road. It's just a quiet neighborhood right on the beach. In the distance, you can see some cruise ships going around, but beyond that, you seem to be fairly alone. I'm going to hitch a ride to the bus station. I'm going to start thumbing it. All right. There's a, uh, a black SUV coming around the corner. <laughs> what luck! <laughs> right! Of all the good things that could have happened. The window rolls down, the door opens up while it's driving, and a man leans out, takes aim at you with a, with a rifle. What do you do? So he's shooting at me or just pointing at me? He's pointing at you. He's, you know from the position of his hands. and his, You can tell by his breathing from far away because your training is starting to kick in a little bit. He's about to pull the trigger in the next breath or two. So then I'm going to drop my bag, my duffel bag. Mm. Yep. Pull out my two guns, John Woo style. One gun, two clips. But I, th- I, have, I only have... Okay. If you want two guns, we can retcon this. It's cool. No, no, no. One gun's fine. I can. I'll do it. One. one gun and a big rock. <laughs> <laughs> I pull out my gun and I start blasting at the gas tank, and the SUV explodes. Yeah, roll programming. Five. <laughs> Fail. 
I think you recognize the guys in the car. They were the ones that were on the last mission with you. So on this mission, you were on a ship. It's called the Emerald. It's a cargo ship, and it was trafficking kids. That's what you see, and that's what kind of freezes you because you have that flashback, and you realize like you were somehow involved with this, whether you were there to stop it, whether you were there to help it, you have no idea. But there you go. So it freezes long enough. Does my programming now go up? Let's see. It says, if the situation warrants it, they may also increase your programming. I don't think it increases your programming. Because otherwise, this game's going to be over in like five minutes if you keep doing that every time you roll a fucking five. You know what? Go for it. Yeah, it does increase your programming. So on two, your vision and everything but Tabula becomes black and white. All the people in this are just black and white. The, the truck itself is black and white. Well, you said it was a black SUV, so there you go. But there's no like shiny bits of chrome and stuff. It's all black and white now. They're high in athletic weir. Where? Weir? Where? <laughs> That's a hard one. It's not gray anymore. It's just black and white. That's how it works. I don't make up the rules. So you get shot in the arm. Oh, my oh. arm! <laughs> ah, my blood! It's on the outside now. Uh, the SUV comes to a screeching halt, and three guys come out with batons ready to beat the shit out of you and take you back into the SUV. If you don't come quietly. One guy looks down at you and he says, Al, it's time to come home. Al, huh? He shot me, so I'm probably not happy about that. But there are three dudes around you with batons, but uh Yeah, but I think I'm like the type of secret agent that's like been specifically trained to kill a man with a shoelace. Alright. Yep. So I'm I'm fighting. It's too bad wearing crocs, there are no shoelaces. Oh no. Yeah. Didn't think about that, did you? Alright, it's gonna be a programming role. So it's 2d6 plus 2 now. Oh, I didn't add my 1 to that last one. It would have still been an absolute fail. Okay. (laughs) Good news. 2d6 plus 2, 8, so 9, 10. 10. So you're trying to to exactly do what? Just hand-to-hand combat? Yeah, I want Disabling or killing or what? I mean, they did shoot me. Yeah. Permanently disable. All right. So the first guy comes up because he sees that you're going to... you know, fuck him up because you're getting to your feet, I guess. And he goes to kick at you with his heel right in the face. What do you do? How do you disable him? Yeah, I go grab ahead. his ankle and twist it around in a complete 180. You hear his MCL and ACL snap like elastic bands, and he goes down and he's just clutching at his knee. And that's why he comes up from behind you with his baton and tries to hit you in the back of the head. I move my head and kind of snap mare him over my shoulder and fling him into the other guy. Yeah. So his legs kick the other guy in the face, knocking him out. Right. He's going to scramble back to his feet, though. He's trying to get back now onto his feet to attack you again. So he's got his body weight on your legs now. And the other guys come up behind you and put you in a chicken wing. <laughs> he's choking you out. Well, I'm going to get my legs free and then wrap my legs around his neck. Yeah, you do that. No problem. So as one guy's choking me out, I'm squeezing <laughs> the other guy's throat with my thighs. And then... I'm going to grab the guy behind me by the back of his head. Yep. I have the other guy by his neck with my legs. Yep. And I'm going to twist so I take them both down in a like a Hurricane Rana. Yeah. Like arm drag type of combo. So it looks like you like push your body off of the ground somehow using their bodies as supports and twist your body fast enough that you snap both the necks in one fluid movement. Right. So they're both dead now. The driver in the truck slams it in reverse he's taken off he's getting the fuck out of there and you have two dead agents one alive agent and a fleeing SUV what do you do? I'm gonna chase him down like the T-1000 <laughs> I like it Okay. so the, the black and white flicker for a moment and the SUV becomes red for you it's now your target so, so do I have like full like Terminator vision? It's not like the little like things on the side, like telling you the stats and the temperature and the barometric pressure and all that stuff. I don't think so. Unless maybe you are a robot. I don't know. You could be a robot. We'll see. So uh, so plus two to whatever I roll. So a 10 yep. plus two is 12. Goddamn. So, all right. There's the bionic man, apparently. So I think a normal person seeing an SUV or drive away is not going to try to chase it. But I'm Some, no normal human being. Something about you goes, I can get that fucker. And I think you start booking it, and soon you are keeping pace with this, like, 40-mile-per-hour SUV. You are able to jump onto the back of it. You hold on. So you can add to your repertoire, fastest man alive. Super speed. 
and you jump up to the back of the SUV. So are you like on the back of it, on the bumper, or are you like trying to get on the top? I'm hanging on by one hand by the rear windshield wiper. The guy driving it kind of does the swerve thing, trying to get you off. No, he no, he, he turns on. He yeah. turns it on and starts swapping back and forth. And it sprays you in the face with the blue liquid. <laughs> <laughs> but no, he just opens fire out of the back window and blows the back window out. He's trying to shoot you as he's driving. But he doesn't see that he's going into a dune smash crash explosion. So the SUV flips, you flip. He's probably going to not be feeling too good. You're flying through the air. You land in a heap. What? What do you want to do? I want to land like a superhero landing. Do you want to roll for that? i got to roll for that. Okay. <laughs> I, I can just let it happen if you want, but if you want to roll for it. Seven plus two, so nine. All right. So on a seven to nine, there's a cost to rediscovering how to land like a superhero. <laughs> so the game provides a list of four options that Richard can pick from. Uh, he'll succeed. He'll land like a superhero. But he's got to do one of these four things. All right, let's see. You get in a groove and it feels good. Too good. Increase your programming score by one. Your situation causes you to flash back to something terrible you once did. Tell us about it. And why you worry you're still capable of it. You cause terrible collateral damage. Distress causes a previously recovered maneuver to slip away. I don't think I'm going to need code language anymore. Okay. So... I think I landed so hard, superhero-wise, it jostled my brain a little bit, and this the code just slipped right out. You like the Windows rebooting sound? <laughs> you come do, back do, alive. Do, do, do. <laughs> <laughs> you come back around. Uh, so yeah, you land like a superhero. The SUV is fairly well destroyed now, and you see the agent inside crawling out. Looks like his legs are broken, but he's got a gun in his hand, and he's coming towards you. You can see his his face is just blank, like he's not thinking. Yeah, I think doing. I think he's so messed up. I can literally just walk over and step on his hand. Yep, you do that. Uh, breaks the wrist, no problem. He drops the gun. He looks up at you and he says, "You fucked us. You have no idea what the fuck you did, do you? You stupid idiot." So do I want to interrogate him or just shoot him in the head? For the sake of the story progressing, you probably want to interrogate him. Yeah. After these messages, we'll be right back. Coming to the World Wide Web, it's the Internet's premier podcast that gives you the 411 on the 1990s favorite television teams with Tood. The Ninja Turtles? As if. The Power Rangers? Talk to the hand. My bad. You must mean the... No duh, they're all that in a bag of chips. That's P-H-A-T fat. How do I scope that? Just head on over to our Patreon. And starting at a dollar, you'll get two gnarly episodes of Jumping the Street Sharks a month, plus a bunch of other tubular shiznit. Actually, that sounds lame. I think I'll keep my cheddar to myself. Not! So if you want to support us, head to the Patreon link in the show notes. We appreciate you, and can't wait to share more jawsome content with you soon. Oh, wait, we're on the dunes, right? So we're by the beach? Yeah. And he's got broken legs? He's got broken legs and a broken wrist. Okay. Near the beach. So I'm going to drag him toward the water. Yep. Throw him in so he's about four or five foot deep and tell him in the shape you're in, you're not going to be able to stay afloat for more than five minutes. So you better tell me what's going on and quick. I think he's like Lieutenant Dan's and goes on his back and just floats around for a while. Or I'm going to shoot you. Oh, shit. No, he doesn't do Lieutenant Dan. <laughs> I think he's he's thrashing wildly. He goes under the water for a little bit, comes back up. You can see he's pushing off the ground with his broken legs, and every time he screams, inhales more salt water, goes back down. He's trying to get to the shore. He's like, okay! You can hear him trying to scream to help, for you to help him. So talk. And he's like, because he's underwater. He really... All right, I'll, I'll pull him. going to have to get him to bit. shore. <laughs> okay. You drag him just enough so the waves are crashing on him. He knows at any point, you can just let the, wind, the ocean take him back, and, and that's it. And he says, our mission was to go and traffic these kids to South America because the government wanted blackmail on some of the politicians down there. They're going to sell these kids to the highest bidders and follow them to see where they ended up. And whatever happened to the kids, who gives a shit? But you had to get all fucking soft on us and try to save the kids and fucked up the whole mission. 
And unfortunately, you're too stupid to die when you're supposed to, so you were able to jump off the boat and swim away. We couldn't get you. But then, thankfully, you called home, and that's why we're here now. Well, guess what, asshole? The mission's still going. So the kids are all on a on this boat, I'm assuming? Yeah. Heading to Ecuador. Let me just check that Ecuador's not landlocked, because it probably isn't going to fuck up the whole thing. Heading to Brazil. <laughs> I don't know about Ecuador, but I know Brazil's not landlocked. Okay. Could I discover a set of a rabbit's foot key? No, even better. One of those keys with like the floaters on them yeah. for a speedboat that he has. I mean, there's definitely marinas in the area, and you might be able to either hotwire something or just flip the visor down on the speedboat and get the keys, you know, as you do. Why would this guy have a speedboat? He's inside of an SUV. Because he's a CIA, he's a tabula, tabula <laughs> operative. <laughs> Outside of the game, I have a series of questions for you. Okay. <laughs> if he does have a speedboat, how are you going to know where it is and how are you going to get to it? Wouldn't it make more sense to like say, oh, look, a marina over there with a boat. I'm going to steal that boat. Like any book of matches, it would say Pier 1. Imports. Yeah, you know. <laughs> That's where I get all my fancy, my fancy pillows and draft statues. South Shore Marina, Lot 5 or something like that. If you really want it to be this guy's boat, I mean, yeah. it doesn't have to be. Um, if it makes you feel better, if it makes the game more immersive for you and more important to you... I want to steal his boat. Then you do. Then you do. Okay. You don't have to roll for it. It's okay. We're in this together. We're collaborative storytelling. It's the beauty of the games. So he goes, there's one more thing. I got a sweet boat. <laughs> no, 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 I think... Like, as he's drowning, his keys float out of his pocket, and he's got, like, one of those marina tags on it. I think it's the only thing that was keeping him buoyant. <laughs> was this? Wow! <laughs> How big was this thing? Was it a boogie board for a keychain? No, it's just... It, it's government <laughs> technology. Uh, super spy tech, yeah. Yeah. As, like, you a into it, device. it becomes a raft. <laughs> Who needs okay. a speedboat? <laughs> it's a dehydrated boat. You said water. <laughs> <laughs> That's so stupid. Ass. That has to be it then, I guess, right? No, no. Um, <laughs> oh, so sorry, I, my stupid fucking idea doesn't get any fucking clearance, but... No, so I'm going to pull the keychain off of him, and he's going to sink down like a ton of bricks. <laughs> Curse you! <gasps> and he comes back up and dies again. You look at the keychain, and it says, South Shore Marina, Pier 1 Imports, Lot three or however I don't, I, I'm not bougie enough to know how marinas work so. no <laughs> but it gives you like precise directions on how to get to this government asset speedboat oh it's like so turn I, by turn directions you open it up and it's like map quest oh yeah it's a little screen on there and it's like next left at yeah no no like map you don't remember map quest directions and you, you print that like shit print up it out. yeah 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 and so like a Chick-fil-A advertisement on the side that printed out two <laughs> banner ads. <laughs> the last three pages are just like a line of HTML at the bottom and that's it. Yep. Yep. <laughs> so I decipher these hieroglyphic The <laughs> <laughs> training kicks clues. in. Your map quest training from the academy. <laughs> and I find the marina. How? Like, how are you getting there? I, I'm walking. I mean, I'm by the beach. A marina can't be that far. So I'm just going to walk in this in the dunes. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like, this marina could have been, you know, 30 miles away. As luck would have it, it's not, but it could have been. Yeah, it's probably a half hour to an hour walk. Yeah, and you manage to, like, stay behind the dunes. No one really sees you. Right. You can, you can hear there's an increased number of, like, unmarked black SUVs flying by. Uh, but seemingly, you're able to evade them because of your superior spy-ness. And it's night. And now it's nighttime as well. Did I mention that? Because it's pretty important. So you manage to get on to this uh, into this marina. You find the boat. What does a boat look like? Describe it to me. It's black and white, apparently. Yeah. Well, no, it's red, actually. Yeah, but I can't... Oh, because it's a target, I can see it? Because it's your target, yeah. Well, then why would I need fancy directions as soon as I see hey, a red I... boat in the marina? Because that's the one. Don't get mad at me. You're the one who told me what it was. <laughs> I don't know. It's a speedboat. Like, what's so cool about a speed? No, it's yeah. No, I want it to be a speedboat. <laughs> it's a catamaran. That's what it I was, was going really with. Fast. But uh, speedboats <laughs> are cool. 
All right, so it's like a low sleek to the ground, ground sleek to the like low in the water speedboat. I think it looks like a government SUV, but in the water. <laughs> it's just like a GMC SUV but with a hull. Yeah, with like <laughs> the grill in the front, <laughs> with like a tinted windshield. Yeah, you hop in here. Uh, it looks like a piece of shit on the outside, pretty much, but on the inside, everything's state of the art, as you can imagine. There's med kits, there's food, there's whatever you would need. And there's a blinking red light on the dashboard. Is that what they call it on a boat? Dashboard? I think it's the, the cockpit? On the instrument panel. That sounds right. There's a blinking red light near the captain's chair. <laughs> so is that like GPS coordinates? That's the question. Can they find you if you use this boat? Because it is government property. They probably have it. Apple Air Tag or whatever they call those things. So what if they know it's the boat because I'm going to radio in. I'm sure there's a radio. There is. And the guy I killed was probably like Agent Johnson. Yeah, that's what it said. So, you know, I, I know from his daughter on his wallet, it was like, Daddy, I'm so glad this is your last day on the force. I can't wait for you to come home, spend time with us again. Dear Agent Johnson, you. we love you, your daughter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm just going to radio in and say, uh, This is Agent Johnson. On my way back to the boat. Oh, the pigeon flies at midnight. Shit. <laughs> I lost my spy coat. <laughs> I'm sorry, there must be an error. I said this is Agent Johnson. An insistent voice says, the pigeon flies at midnight. This is Agent Johnson. We must have a cross signal. <laughs> Stay where you are. Shit. I didn't have to roll. Fuck that up. <laughs> If you want to roll, you can. To... No, when there's no use. I'm not going to relearn spy code. <laughs> and I remembered it again now, too. <laughs> then I'm just going to shoot the, the radio so it... <laughs> yeah. Then I'm thinking I'm, I'm going to tear out the GPS and throw yep. in the water. Yeah. You know how to do that. Roll for that, because how do you know where GPS is and how to take it out? You don't. Uh, so seven plus two is nine. All right, so you succeed at pulling up the GPS, but a cost. <laughs> I caused terrible collateral damage. Something I tear out way more than just the GPS. <laughs> I think I get it. Like the so, steering wheel comes out with it, and it's all like daisy chained. <laughs> oh no, oh, beans! <laughs> no, I think you get the GPS out. I think you throw it into a nearby boat and jury rig it to go the opposite direction. You know, you find like the, the fanciest boat you can find. And so it speeds off the other way. You take off towards somewhere. I don't know where you're going. And then in the background, you see a helicopter fly in and pursue the the other boat. And you see like these two little sidewinder missiles just <laughs> and blow the fuck out of it. And then it comes back and just destroys the rest of the marina for good measure. And, and you're, again, probably not a rear view mirror, but the equivalent on a boat. <laughs> Maybe you look, you look behind yourself. I think I can the feel the heat. Yeah, because they blow up the whole goddamn marina and it's a huge fireball into the night sky. And there you are, your sleek little SUV boat speeding off towards question mark, question mark, question mark. But I don't look at the explosion. Yeah, no, it was never even a doubt in my mind. Well, I'm heading toward, we said what, Brazil? Yeah. I'm going to Brazil to either intercept the boat or if I'm too late to save the children from Brazil. So I think as you're as your boat's going along, you start looking around. You realize, like, if this guy was on the mission with you, he's going to know the coordinates of the boat. He's going to know the, not the flight path, but the nautical path of this boat. And you're able to intercept it. So after a day, however long, you, know, you fuel up a couple of times, as is appropriate for boats. I'm trying to really maintain the verisimilitude here, because I don't know how boats do. What's well, a government a boat? They have... Yeah, they have super they have rocket fuel. Could be shit. electric. Woogie, woogie, woogie. Could be solar. Could run on cool spy phrases, or it's a nuclear boat. That's what well, it is. I hope it doesn't run on spy phrases because I don't know uh, them no. anymore. If only we had it, so you'd break down in the middle of the ocean and die. This is a nuclear-powered vessel, Richard. So it never runs out. It's a nuclear vessel. Yes. All right. So you're speeding along after two days of sleepless nights, just popping no dos and eating hardtack, but for the future. No, I, you, I'm sure I could fish. Set up a net on the side of the boat. As you're going as fast as possible. <laughs> yeah, the fish are going to like shred it as soon as they get scooped up. But That's fine. You get a nice dolphin to eat. It's great. Yeah. A couple sea turtles. And you uh, you 
catch the boat on the horizon. You see the emerald out there, and you realize your time is close at hand. But what's this? It's got some little helicopters that take off from the top of it and start flying around, little droney things. Not ones that could hold a human, but little un unmanned aerial vehicles. There's about ten of them, and they're heading your way. You hear their high-pitched whine. Okay. I'm going to grab the scuba gear that's in the back of the boat. Yeah. Send the boat off as a decoy, and I'm going to go underwater where the drones can't detect me. Perfect. I think you have this little, this is a little pod, like a skate pod boat, a little submarine that can launch. Like It's like a torpedo shape, but you can sit inside of it comfortably. Like what um, James Cameron uses when he goes underwater? Yeah, when he goes to bother those nice fish. Yeah, yeah. exactly. So you're in one of those things, and zoop, it goes. So the boat goes kind of veering off to the side. The vehicles pursue that, and you're able to make it to the boat fairly easily. You dock on the bottom with a series of magnets, and you are able to get onto the boat. So what do you do? You're climbing up the side of the boat. You're trying to find like a port to get into, like a porthole type idea. It's a container ship, mind you. Well, at least it's designed to look like a container ship. Well, I think I could just get on the on the deck then and kind of sneak around the containers, you know? Yeah, you climb up on the deck. You see a bunch of people with earpieces and uh, like AK-47s walking around. You know, like you've seen an 80s spy movie. You know yeah. how this do. And they're all bald except for a couple guys that have cool mustaches. Some of them are bald with mustaches. Some of them have scars over one eye, so you know like those are the big guys, you know? And one guy has no guns. He's just standing in the back with his arms crossed, surveying the deck. With no shirt. Yeah, no shirt at all. But it's like he's wearing a shirt because of all the scars on him. And he's got a hairy chest. And an eye patch. And the scar on his eye doesn't go on the eye with the eye patch. It goes on the other eye. So who knows what's happening with that eye? But yeah, you're on the deck, skulking around. What do you do? How many guards? Five that you can see. And somewhere in the distance, you can hear music towards the bow of the boat and the forecastle. Well, I got to dispatch these guards first. So how are you doing that? You're going to just like go on guns and blazing? You're going to try to like go around snapping necks again? I'm a spy. So I got to use my spy, master of disguise, and espionage skills here, right? That'd be good. So maybe... I tear off my pant leg. <laughs> well, because I'm in athletic gear, so maybe it's like track pants, so I can undo some of the buttons. The tearaway pants, like strippers have. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And I'm going to stick my leg out, which is very toned, by the way, because I'm very athletic, I'm assuming. I would imagine that's accurate, yeah. Okay. And I'm going to stick my leg out from behind one of the shipping crates. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And I'm going to play sexy music, you know what I mean? Like, uh... Wah, wah, wah. That's yeah. it. And I think one of the guards would be like, Whoa, I thought we were all alone, but there's a beautiful lady on this ship. And he's going to go to investigate while like spraying some like banaca in his mouth and like adjusting yeah. his tie because, you know, he thinks it's his lucky day. Right. It's like but a mermaid or something, maybe, but with legs. It's a good kind of mermaid with the right. fish part on top and the leader part on the bottom. But when he comes around the, the bend, I'm going to snap his neck. He's. <laughs> What do you say, though? I need a cool, like, spy catchphrase. Oh, um, let's neck. <laughs> right? Yes. It's like making out. You go yeah, I know. Yeah, and and you break his neck, you see. You kill him. And out of his pocket tumbles a small stone. And it's got hearts painted on it. And on the back it says, Daddy, please come home safe and sound. I'm so glad this is your last tour of duty on the ship. Your daughter, Agent Johnson. It's <laughs> <laughs> a family affair. Oh no, it was Agent Johnson's brother. <laughs> so I suppose I'm just going to have to pick them off one by one. Yeah, I mean, we can kind of hand away this. Like, I'm going to have you roll once for it. But I did that so perfectly, I didn't even have to roll. Yeah, I know, because it was using your hand-to-hand -hand stuff. But I think for all of them, to try this to go well, this is going to be like a neck snapping montage, you know? Do you like dressing the guy's clothes? Well, I'm not going to... That... I'm not going to snap all their necks. It's going to be a little different each time. Okay, so what? how do you do number two? Easy. I get on uh -huh. the radio. Yeah. Because I assume the guy that I just killed has a radio. Oh, yeah, of course. <laughs> I want to say... The pigeon fox at noon. <laughs> no, I can't do that. I wish <laughs> I had that skill. The penguin knows the cha-cha. <laughs> Better, yeah, I'm going to say... Agent Bob. Who the fuck is Agent Bob? Who is this? Well, I assume one of them is an Agent Bob. 
Sure. <laughs> Agent Smith. Mr. Anderson. Yeah, that's right. I can go Smith. <laughs> hey, everyone. This is the boss. I need everyone to jump in the ocean right now. <laughs> that's so fucking stupid. Roll for it. And I hope it works. Five so plus two is a done. seven. <laughs> it does. I mean, by the smallest of margins, it does. It works. The thing with people in the Taboola Initiative is if they hear if they're a certain level and they hear an order from a boss, they have to follow it. Once they hit level three, all these guys are level four, so they're way into it. So they just assume that you're the boss, and apparently they go marching one by one into the ocean. Sweet. And then you hear, "Who the fuck is this?" Coming over the intercom. Jesus. Uh, <laughs> uh, this I will is, teach you to become fishers of men. <laughs> this is the the boss. I don't fucking think so, because I'm the goddamn boss. And then behind you, you hear, mm, it's that big it's, guy it's, before. <laughs> with no shirt on. It's the Obobo. Exactly, he puts a giant meaty hand on your shoulder. Did you just reference Double Dragon? Yeah. <laughs> but you knew what I was talking about. Obobo. Yeah, Obobo grabs you. So I assume the other three guys then jumped in the water yeah just this big guy he's deaf exactly he's, he's got two little eye patches over his ears too <laughs> you didn't see that before i think like i'm gonna kill him but i don't think it should be easy like he needs to beat the hell out of me yeah yeah he's gonna pick you up and he's gonna toss you into one of the shipping containers and it's gonna yeah. dent because it's, it's yeah. so strong exactly then he's gonna walk over to the railing and snap one of the pipes off yeah and he's gonna wander over to you and sort of like just try to golf you he hits you in the ribs a couple of times. He picks you up again, like, overhand, and just throws you. You catch on the railing this time, smashing into it. And then, you know, like, those big tubes they have on ships in cartoons where I think you're supposed to be able to talk down them? Yeah. Yeah, he puts you in one of those. Like, okay. he dangles you by his feet. Yeah. Wait, he dangles me by my feet. Yeah, inside one of those tubes. No, but I thought the tubes go, like, L-shaped or seven-shaped. Yeah. yeah. He bends you and <laughs> puts you inside one. No, I think he throws me in one. Mm -hmm. But like Super Mario logic, I come up behind him. <laughs> and like the tone of this episode is so fucked. Well, he throws me like really hard. It's like grim super spy child trafficking. And then like, yeah, but also I'm a cartoon man robot. I love it. This, I mean, it's on brand for us. I'm not upset by it. But. So he throws me through the pipe. Yep. And I come out the other side and, like, flying fist him. <laughs> Phrasing. So I think he looks down and goes, like, oh. And then, listen, like, Tim Allen? Yeah. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> if only I had more power, is his final words. I think you punch him in the small of the back, and he, like, he, his head goes into the tube now, but he's too wide to fit down there, you see. And he's stuck. So he struggles, he grabs the edges of it, and he rips it off of the deck. And he's got this, like, big tuba-looking thing on his head, and he goes to smash you with it by swinging it into you. But he's very off balance from all the upper weight now. No, I think that I'm going to grab the tube. Yep. And because I have my super speed, mm -hmm. I'm just going to run in circles and twist his head off like a bunch of times. <laughs> I think you should rip at the waist instead of the head. Oh, he's waist-deep in it? Yeah. I think his shoulders are stuck anyways. Like, it would, it would tear his torso off his his legs. Like he would rip under his nipples, maybe. You know, like his rib cage. Sure. Because he's been snapping a lot of necks. I'm trying to, you know, add a little flavor to it, a little spice. And I think his legs walk for a couple steps and they fall into the ocean. And then they get eaten by a shark. As they're falling, yeah, a big old shark, like a big, you know, megalodon type thing comes up and snatches it. Yeah. Yeah. Use your feet in my adobo or whatever the fuck his name is. Adobo? What is he? A uh, fucking <laughs> spice? <laughs> yeah. All right, so all the, the armed guards... Yeah, all these hench people up here are dead. You have a choice, really, now. So are you going to try to get the kids off this boat or stop who's ever piloting this boat? If I get the kids off the boat... Yeah. I can't fit them all on my speedboat. That's true, and that's, that's fucked off somewhere. Who knows where that is? Well, I'm sure they probably have an escape pod on there. They probably have like other boats, yeah. But if, if I don't kill the men responsible, they're only going to kidnap more kids. It's true. 
as you're just like taking a breath trying to figure out your next steps. You don't have time to think. This is an action movie, not a thought movie. You hear the... Was that a good thing? Or did you hear no, it? I don't know what the fuck that was. Don't hear anything. Man, I'm, I'm giving this good Foley work over here. Helicopter sounds. Oh. It was more like... Sounds like you're like slurping spaghetti. <laughs> yeah, it's a spaghetti copter. <laughs> <laughs> Since my awesome ones didn't work. When we're together next time, I'm going to do the sound. You'll be like, oh, I wish the audio picked that up. I'm going to record that shit on my phone and send it to you separately. Wait, what's that? A drop of water? <laughs> Weep. Oh, you get- I can't do that. <laughs> I can't do shit. It wasn't bad. No, depends on my helicopter, apparently, which sounds like old spaghetti or whatever. So the helicopters are, oh, shit. And they're opening fire right away. It's just... And so you see, like, the two rows of, like, fire on the deck. Ping, 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 And I'm ping, running, ping. like, Jimmy Stewart in South by Southwest. How high is the helicopter? Like 50 feet off the off the deck. I mean, it, it could also come down to swoop you or land as a helipad on the stern of the boat. We've established I have super speed. That's true. That's been established. There's no taking I'm going me. to run as fast as I can up mm. one of the flag. Like a mast? Yep. Like where, where the crow's nest is? Yeah, huh? crow's nest on a container ship. No? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it probably is. On this one there is, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, I'm going <laughs> to run up that really fast. And then right. leap from that uh, right. into... I'm going to try to reach into the open gunner's door. So yeah. So I can be in the inside part of the helicopter. What do you call that? Cabin. Cabin. Yeah, they tilt their shit like 30 degrees and they just chop the fuck out of you. <laughs> <laughs> a little bit so you go everywhere. <laughs> Did not anticipate. No, nah, nah, roll for it. You gotta roll. That's definitely a right, but you can't works. do that if that's the case. No. <laughs> I won't say I'll shoot you across the ocean, don't worry. <laughs> right. Two plus two is so four. <laughs> <laughs> I will Silas shoot you across the ocean. Fuck you. <laughs> can I just like miss and like hit the step? Well, first of all. First of all, firstly, <laughs> increase your process or programming by one. So I'm at three now. When your yeah, programming you're... reaches three, you feel a strong homing urge toward the nearest Tabula base. And you can't disobey a direct order from a Tabula higher up. They better not tell me to jump in the water. <laughs> I'll do it. I think as you see the helicopter coming in, tilting, you're timing it just right. You're running up. The world slows down for you. exactly and you see the people slowly turning their heads to look at you and like take aim and you have it just timed perfectly where you're able to like jump and turn as you fly through the air and you land in the cabin amidst all these people who just don't have the reaction time you do and so you're here there's a pilot oh so I still do it I just yeah but your programming ticks up right so even if you fail no I'm just allowing that to happen because it's the coolest thing oh okay I just want the coolest shit to happen you know, if you want to like, I, well, I think see- the cooler shit would be if I if I failed. I think the cooler shit would be me hanging by like a finger, because right. because that is a fail. The other way is exactly what I wanted. So keep everything I said before, right? But at the last second, you doubt your programming. You doubt that you can do it. You've seen weird shit, and you hesitate at the last second. But your body muscle memory still takes over, and you propel yourself through the air, but not on target. You fall short, and you just barely grab the landing strut on the helicopter, and you're hanging by one hand. What do you do? One finger, because it's cooler. By one knuckle. It's not even a good knuckle. I want to be able to tether the helicopter to something on the deck. Well, we established it's kind of near a mast. Right. Crow's nesty type thing. We're going to say antennas to make it look you know, modern. But there's like antennas and shit up there. So how are you going to get it to go that way? I'm going to undo my belt. <laughs> yep. Lasso it and grab a, um, like one of the steel cables that are supporting the mast. Yeah. So that I've, I've got the, the belt in one hand, the helicopter in the other, and I'm going to kind of tie the belt to the... <laughs> so stupid. Richard just mimed himself pulling the helicopter towards... The uh, you know like Captain America when he's holding on to is that a helicopter? Yeah, yeah in Civil War. Yeah, 
and the building, I think, and he's like trying not to get pulled apart. And it, in real life, it fucked up his shoulder terribly. It's like that, but with a belt. I like it. I don't want Again, you to roll it's a government issued belt. It's probably pretty yeah, stretchy. It's, it's like paracord and yeah. all that kind of super Kevlar belt for your, for your established athletic pants. <laughs> Three plus six, so uh, nine. Hey, there you go. It'll work, but something's going to not work so good for you. I think my current situation causes you to flashback to something terrible you once did. Tell us about it and why you're worried you're still capable of it. Yeah, that's for you to tell me what you did. I I know. You've got your belt off. Your superhuman strength and ability takes over. You're pulling this helicopter out of the air towards this aerial and you're going to tie it off. And as you're doing this, your muscles strain, and you remember another time where you had to put every ounce of yourself into doing something. But this was not a heroic deed that you did before. So I think I discover, through self-reflection and careful thought... In the middle of this helicopter wrestling you're doing? Yeah. Okay. I was actually the leader of this crew, and I was like the best at trafficking children. This was all my plan. (laughs) What? I was the best at trafficking children. People want to traffic a kid? You know who to go to. I was like a school crossing guard. I trafficked so many children. (laughs) I cut my teeth in the Boy Scouts (laughs) and then I became a Catholic priest for a year and I said, you know what? It's time to move up to the big time. And I was so good at it, I joined the government. Because <laughs> they saw that skill in me, and they honed yeah. me into a trained killer. The morality of it didn't even matter. It was just doing the job to the best of your ability. Oh, no, I think I'm a real piece of shit. But so I, haven't, you... I haven't realized it yet. So you're seeing yourself as a person in charge. Maybe that's how you're justifying it to yourself right now. Like, oh, well, you know, I was just a machine. I didn't know what I was doing. But I don't but like, know. Right, all right. I know is that I'm a, I am have a particular set of skills and children are in danger. That's all I know. Mm. But now I'm starting to realize, oh, wait a minute, this boat looks familiar. This was my favorite child trafficking helicopter. <laughs> and it's all starting to go back to me. <laughs> <coughs> Fuck, why'd I have to pick child trafficking? It couldn't have been like drug smuggling. Well, we can't ring that bell. <laughs> So the helicopter is now attached to this antenna. What happens now? Like, what does it do? Does it tear the antenna off? Does it crash? So one of two awesome things could happen. Okay. One, the helicopter could get tied up and then kind of be pulled down by the boat and Mm -hmm. then crash on the boat and explode. That's pretty sweet. Or the helicopter lifts the boat out of the water. Too big. (laughs) I think it's like a tetherball. So, so it goes around and around, spinning. faster right. and faster but and faster. like tetherball once it hits the mast. Yeah. So it's, it's, you realize, like, okay, you mission accomplished, but now you got to get the fuck off of this antenna before this tetherball helicopter crashes into it. So you're <laughs> spinning down and down and down and down. What do you do? Well, I think by that point I would have jumped and grabbed one of the other cables mm-hmm. and then rode yeah. it down. Yeah, like zipline style, right? right? So you land no problem. You do a cool little tuck and roll thing at the end. You come up on your feet. Just as in the right behind you, the helicopter spins, crashing down uh, onto the boat and destroying it. Not the boat, just like the... The helicopter. The helicopter is, is it's no more helicopter so good. That's not going to buff out. But again, roll. I want to be clear on this. I don't look at the explosion. Okay. All right. I was worried you did, but... That I may. You hear a little, uh, like a calm, like, in your ear. And it says, Al, report to the bridge, and you're walking. I Yeah, because I have to follow that order, because I'm a level three now. Yeah. And I'm sure this right. is where I'm going to meet the guy in charge who's going to monologue, and at least I'll know what's yeah. going on. Yeah. As you're walking to the stern of the boat, you see there's more guards kind of flanking the doorway where you're going to go up. And about three stories above that, is the actual bridge itself. It's a glassed-in room. It looks kind of like an air traffic control tower. And standing in the window is a man in a red suit holding a glass of wine, looking very debonair and stern. 
And as you're walking up the stairs, there's, there's probably like 30 guards here. Whoa, whoa, did you say he was looking stern? Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> it's a nautical did. joke. Like yeah. It. And he's drinking a glass of port. Is nautical jokes doing anything for you? <laughs> Hit and miss. <laughs> okay, I'm trying. I'm resisting every urge I have not to go off on a screed of nautical puns. Uh, but let's not. With a K. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You can't fathom the depths I would go <laughs> to tell more nautical puns. All right, let's ride the ship. Let's get back to it. Yeah. <laughs> You're on the stairs going up. Your mind knows that you want to go here, right? You, you were saying you wanted to go here, right? Yeah. Is, does it freak you out that you're not able to control the fact that you were going anyway? Or are you just like, I'm going to write it this out and see right. what happens? So you're, you're just okay with this at this point? I'm, I'm so close to being a full level four. Yeah. It's starting to just overtake so, me. And it feels warm and safe. As you uh, get to the top, one of the agents touches your earpiece, mumbles something, nods and opens the door, and you walk into the bridge. And there's the usual hustle and bustle there. And there's uh, this debonair-looking man staring at you. And he says, well, Al, you have been a huge pain in my ass. And not only my ass, but the government's ass. Do you have anything to say before I kill you? I just have to know. You worked in my employ for a decade without any problems. Why the change of heart? Why do this now? The Canadian government has paid me double to shut down your whole operation and make it so it was never here. The Canadians? Yeah, and you don't fuck with the Canadians. How many loonies and toonies were you paid to betray us? The amount of geese I've been given? <laughs> I could start my own flock, baby. And now your goose is cooked. Oh! Yeah, you can borrow that one. You can yeah. say that and just add it in. <laughs> now it's time for you to flock off. <laughs> but now i got to figure out how to kill this guy. Could I, could I do a, a flashback? Of course you can. It's always an option. Whilst I was killing all the, the agents, mm -hmm. I was planting explosives on all four parts of the boat. As we all know, the stern, bow, port, and starboard. Yeah, right? all those, those. Those are the parts. Yep. I was planting bombs on all those parts of the boat. Yeah, yeah. So I tell him that I've planted explosives this whole time. Mm -hmm. And if he does anything, I'm going to hit the button. And I'm holding two what appear to be detonators. Yep, yep. Mm -hmm. And I think he, he backs off. Let's not get hasty. And he's like, you understand that if you did that, you'll die too and so will the children. And I say, but there's two things you need to know. One, the Canadian government just wanted the situation to disappear. And two, these aren't detonators. And I hit the buttons. Yeah. And it's a jetpack. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's the government. I assume they have yeah. cool... You're like a real rocketeer type. Yeah. And I shoot out of the boat. <laughs> and I shoot one of the explosives and sinks the boat. So you, you jetpack out uh, of the ceiling. And you shoot the explosives, it's like a chain reaction shot of like the explosives going all around the edge of the boat. Yeah. And it explodes and then ship cracks in half. Yes. It sinks, it sinks into the ocean very slowly. Yes. As you jetpack. Jetpack away and then radio in. Hello, Canada. Oh yeah, hey, how's it going? The boat is sank. Oh, I don't know what the real code is because you know I lost all that. Oh, that's super. That's good. No, we don't bother with the codes here in Canada. We we have a little thing I like to call trust. Sorry for all the hassle. You, you'll find your money, uh, you know, in, in your account. Uh, so, uh, yeah, good job. Good work. Okay, bye. <laughs> Stow to your heels, eh? <laughs> and so you land back on your spy ship that's not been destroyed because spy ship and I don't know what happens next but what do you do you speed off into the sunset I think I go back and pay Maggie a visit nice alright so how does the movie actually end like what do we, we see you land on the ship you're about to like go off into the distance 
And then you look down on the side, <laughs> like the passenger seat of the boat, and you see a plate with a sandwich and chips, and you're like, I gotta get you some more of that. <laughs> and you turn the boat around. No, I think we cut <laughs> we cut to like a week or so later. Yep. And they, sh- you see me on the boat, looking very tough and governmenty. You know, like I've gotten yeah. all of my swagger back. It's all come back to me. Yeah, child murder. Yep. Yep. No, no, trafficking. I'm sorry. Well, I mean, you just did blow up a, a boat full of kids for the government. So oh, right. that's that's fine. <laughs> and I'm I'm going on this mission, maybe putting on like scuba gear. <laughs> and as like the camera turns, I'm at like a tropical island. But I'm in like a fun like dad bathing suit. Yeah, board shorts. That kind and of thing. Maggie's like in a bikini, like laying on the other side of the boat, probably eating grapes or some shit. And it's like, oh, he's just having like sexy time with his older girlfriend. Nice. As the camera pulls away, you see the expanse of the ocean. And it goes to this empty spot where you assume the boat probably once was. And all these kids' passports float up to the top. <laughs> Credits. As I say, one well-suited hand pops out of the water. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> well, we did it, Richard. We played the Tabula Initiative. The game played exactly as I was hoping it would. It provided a very easy framework. Like, like you said, I sent you this game ten minutes before we started recording. Yeah, and if I had read it, that would have been plenty of time. But the thing is, I was able to tell you the rules that you needed on the go, and you mastered it without any problem, because it's just the one rule. We told them, yeah. I think, a, a story that's going to win us a daytime Emmy for podcasts. That's the thing, right? Is there a podcast award? There must be, like, some bullshit, right? So, yeah, good job, Richard. That was a hey. fun one. It was. I, I was worried you would get freaked out by all the children murdering. I'm not a fan of the children murdering. I thought you were going to take more of the, the typical heroes side of things. Like, oh, you know, I was a murderous piece of shit, but then I had to overcome my training to do the right thing. But you're like, no, I just paid more this way. So fuck them. Well, I think it's too obvious. Like, that's yeah. what I wanted to do. And that's what I really was doing up until the moment I got the gun pulled on me. Yeah. Conan and I were talking about you the other day, as we often do. <laughs> Patron Conan, the librarian. And he was like, I don't know what it would ever be like to run a game for a person like Richard. He's like, I've run for so many different people, but no one plays games like Richard does. And I said, Richard is incredibly creative. He's a joy to run games for, but you have to understand that unless you're extremely good at reverse psychology, you're not going to get him to do anything close to what you expect or want him to do. And I said, like, I've had conversations with Richard where I'm like, okay, the end goal of this game is to be in this place here. And we have an hour and a half to do it. And Richard goes, okay, I understand that. Also, fuck you. <laughs> There's just no planning. There's no planning for it at all, which makes it a really compelling story. Well, I don't want to plan. If you had sent me this earlier in the day where I could have read through it, yeah, that would have had me think, oh, I could do this. I could. Do... Well, what's the fun in that? See, I knew that about you. And it wasn't because I was too busy playing Pokemon Snap. It was because I didn't want to burden you with too much pre-planning so it came more extemporaneous once again proving that this game could be used as a fill-in game on the fly when your normal group shits the bed and backs out because if you have two people and an hour and a half you can tell a full story with this it's cool it's a good game yeah so alexi Sargent and cloven pine games you've did an excellent job with this one you get the full pot of blunder stamp of approval and we're Anything sorry else? about all the children murder it yeah, this game doesn't promote child murdering, but it does allow it, so... That's on you guys. Yeah, is it my fault or is it Alexi Sargent's fault? Maybe add a fifth page. Don't murder kids. I like to think that he trusted us enough to do the right thing. That was his own fault. <laughs> For the Pot of Blunders, I've been Nate Magnuski. And I've been Richard Sullivan. And as always, may all your Ds... You take it. No, no, that's your thing. D12s. If you want to support the Pot of Blunders, please consider heading to our Patreon page, patreon.com slash potofblunders, all one word. We've got membership levels ranging from $1 to $10 a month, which will get you access to things like our Discord, exclusive episodes of Jumping the Street Sharks, as well as a variety of other perks. 
You can also support the show and help us bring more attention to amazing indie authors by leaving a review on Apple Podcasts. We really appreciate any help you can give. We love hearing from you. You can always find us on Twitter at Pot of Blunders, and you can also reach us via email at potofblunders at gmail.com. Want more reviews, interviews, actual plays? Head to potofblunders.com and learn about even more amazing indie games. Thanks for listening. For the Pot of Blunders, I'm Nate Magnuski, and as always, may all your Ds be 12s. Thank you.